I'll get it. Very good. So, Father, I, th I pray that you would, um, I thank you for, for Grace and Al. I thank you for the, um, the weeks of thought and preparation and, pr and planning and, and um, praying and everything that's sort of gone into making this morning happen. Um, I just pray that you would bless them. I thank you for, um, for their yes in the midst of um, raising three kids and doing jobs and doing life and all of that, God. But I pray that this morning that you would, you would meet them in their yes and their obedience and that you would bless them as they bless us. Um, we pray this in your name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so if we could pop the first slide up. First of all, it's such a privilege to come and share. I feel like I need to go back a little bit. You're right, you're right. You just get to see the side of us and you guys get to see the side of Nile. Beautiful. It's such a um, privilege to come and share with you guys this morning and um, we will just start off with this picture up here. Niall actually found this one and I'm going to start off by sharing a little story. Uh, when I was a kid, um, we grew up on a farm and we had this ram who was kind of half wild, half friendly. So he had been raised by people as opposed to just being out in the field. So he was... Um, tame enough that you could pat him and scratch him, but at any moment he would turn on you. And I remember many days of being bunted over by him. But this story brought to mind, like that could literally be me. Uh, as a kid, we would um, go on one side of the gate where he was, and then we would tease him. I don't, I don't know, we'd boots, boots, na, 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 na. And then we would open the gate and he would chase us because he was so mad. And he would chase after us. And I remember one time hopping on his back and riding him. We were a little bit mean to him. But in the end, I think it was payback for all those times he bunted me over as a little girl. He was a bit of a rascal. Um, and so uh, there was a story, uh, a quote that came to mind when I was reading through James 4. Uh, it says, like, you know, fasten your seatbelts, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, and so that original one comes from this lady up here, Betty um, Davis, on All About Eve, which um, I had never seen that movie before. It's an older one. Uh, but that idea of James and all of the way that we've gone through James, every single chapter is just, he just goes straight to the heart of it. Um, so this um, talk is titled A Matter of the Heart. Our family, you'll see a little picture up there. Um, yeah, that's me, that's me, next one, next one. <laughs> yeah, so this is us, no, where were we? It was on our last family holiday. Was that Big Waterfall? Ah, uh, yeah, is that, is that Bridal Vale Falls? Bridal Vale Falls. Yeah, so um, me and Niall, and then we've got three kids, Shiloh's 10, Abraham is eight, and Beniah is four. Um, and we're so blessed to be part of this church family. Right. Over to you, Niall. Cool. Well, that's, uh, that was the, that St. James there, um, it was the least European looking St. James that I could find on the internet. Um, so uh, that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're dealing with today. So 
Um, obviously, um, we kind of know James pretty well uh, by now, but half-brother of Jesus, uh, key, key elder in the uh, early church of Jerusalem. Um, he was a real catalyst uh, for providing wisdom on how to support the gospel movement to the Gentiles, uh, which was a pretty big deal um, happening at that time. Uh, and you can read about that in the book of Acts. Um, and the book of James, like probably every other book in the Bible, is directed uh, at the church. Uh, so... Um, I think if, if anyone, I'm sure we've all read the book of James, but uh, it is, as Grace was saying, uh, it's a pretty brutal book, really. Um, just some of the things that it goes through. And if we, if we had someone stand here and actually preach that message legitimately, like we would all be sitting here probably somewhat offended in some ways. Um, and so it's, it's pretty incredible on that we kind of have the privilege um, to be able to speak into it. And I think we've all navigated this pretty well, uh, really. So um, we're hoping that we can continue the trend um, uh, going forward. So I wanted to, as I was kind of going into the book of James, and and specifically James chapter 4, I just had this real sense of coming back to the basics a little bit, just before we kind of get into the the chapter 4 itself. So... In 2 Corinthians, um, Paul is addressing the church of Corinth and he's, he's expressing his concerns of kind of losing your first love, uh, losing the simplicity or, of Christ or going back to the basics of what faith is. And so the Bible kind of splits faith into two categories a little bit. I mean, it is, it is one faith, but we have uh, the Apostle Paul talking about how we are saved by faith, not by works. And so we can see, I've got a a few scriptures up there. So Galatians 3.11, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. Romans 1.17, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as as it is in written, uh, the righteous will live by faith. In Ephesians, it says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself, it is a gift from God, not by works that no one can boast. And so what we have is this, uh, this, by faith we are already saved from an eternity without God. So we are justified before God by faith in Jesus, not by living well, but by saying yes to the gift of salvation that is in Jesus. Salvation by grace alone, through faith alone. And then we have James that comes in and uh, says that uh, faith without works is dead. So we have this kind of uh, colliding aspect of faith that uh, it's kind of poetry a little bit if we can kind of intertwine them together. But if we read the verses in James in chapter 2, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims they have faith but has no deeds, can such faith save them? Uh, 2.17, in the, same, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. As the body without spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. And so how does that all fit within what kind of the Apostle Paul is, is talking about? And what it is is that um, by faith with works, we, are, we save our soul from a life that eternity would reveal as wasted. It's the enjoyment of salvation by growing resemblance of Jesus in this life here and now. The hope of deepening God's delight in us and advancing his purposes through us, 
all with the remembrance that we have a seat at the table in glory. Romans 8.17, Now we are, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. 2 Timothy 2 verse 12 says, If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown, if we disown him, he will also disown us. So we have saving faith and working faith. And what it is, it's the nuance of being a child of God and living like a child of God. You've got the story of the prodigal son or the running father, a son that decided to take an early inheritance and went off and left, lived his own life. And as we know the story, it all kind of cascaded down to this point where he was eating cud with the pigs. Uh, and he kind of came to a sense of saying, what am, why, am I, why am I in this position? Don't I have a place in my father's house? So he was a son of his father's house. He was an heir to that estate, but he wasn't living like one. Or it's the same thing if I'm a, a son of, of a king uh, and I choose to kind of just live amongst the, the common people, which is us, right? Um, if I choose just to live amongst the common, common people, um, I, my position doesn't change the fact that I am an heir to the throne, but I may not be living like one. So the crux of it all, I think it's said well by Dr. Larry Crabb, and he says, when we truly comprehend the notion of sharing inheritance with Jesus in the eternal kingdom that is both present and still unfolding, it ignites within us an unyielding vigor to persevere. This further guides us to reveal his character and his plan by the way that we live and relate and to love Jesus and others at any cost to us, whether we are joyfully encouraged or despairingly discouraged. And Martin Luther said, while it is true that we are saved by faith alone, the faith that saves is never alone. So we just wanted to take a moment to kind of just come back to the basics of that. Uh, this kind of competing element of faith that you know, we kind of get between Apostle Paul and the Apostle James, but actually they're beautifully intertwined together. Now we're going to read um, James chapter 4, so we've got the NIV up there um, that you guys can follow along or along in your Bibles um, or your devices that you've brought. So James chapter 4, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask, God. And when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your, your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn and wail. 
Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone there knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So, Thanks, James. <laughs> he really does get right in there, eh? And, and he starts off with a question, you know, what's causing these um, quarrels among you? And he doesn't really give you time to answer. He just goes for it. And he says, bang, bang, bang. It's, it's your hearts. That's really what it comes down to. And as we were pre- preparing for this, I really got the picture of a, um, a tug of war of, on our hearts. Uh, put your hand up if you have participated in a tug of war before. Yep. Um, at Mahu College, do they still do them for inter-house tug of war? Anyone that goes there? I remember when I went to the college, um, as well as doing the haka and the, you know, you'd have the um, uh, uh, inter-house soccer and netball matches, then we'd have an inter-house tug of war as well. And, you know, if you've ever done a tug of war, you're excited and you're just really amped up and one, two, three, go, and you're pulling back as hard as you can. Uh, And sometimes you win and then sometimes you lose. You're like, it's like going back and forwards, back and forwards until finally someone gets it across the line. And I really got that picture in James. James is saying our hearts are at a tug of war. And do you know what? That tug of war is not just for the the young people. It's not just for the things that face them. It's not just for middle age. It's not just for the older people. It's actually an everyday ongoing tug of war. And I can see it best in my own children uh, that that, um, when they are getting into strife and quarrels with each other, it it always boils down to a matter of their heart. And it's easy to see in them because I'm looking from the outside at these kids that are fighting over lollies or that are fighting over the front seat or that are fighting over what's on the screen. Uh, And yet, when I look at my own life, it's the same, just displayed in a different way. And a lot of the time, it's just a lot more of an internal tug of war um, that doesn't often come out in the way it does for my little kids. Uh, So I know that here today, all of us encounter this tug of war in our hearts to whatever degree. Um, So... uh, um, we, kept, we heard before in James, in James 3, it finishes off by saying, those who plant seeds um, of peace will reap that harvest. And it goes the other way as well, that when we plant seeds of contention and strife and we're fighting, uh, we actually reap that harvest as well. So um, I'm going to read a little bit from the Amplified because as I was just 
thinking into James and reading up about James, the Amplified really brought some beautiful things out of the Scripture. So um, I'm going to read a few of those verses in the Amplified. It says in um, verse, or chapter 4, What leads to the unending quarrels and conflicts among you? Do they not come from your hedonistic desires that wage war in your bodily members, fighting for control over you? So the word hedonistic means it's, it's like to... Um, it's the desire for pleasure and then to like move away from anything that would be unpleasurable or would be like harmful or would be um, inconvenient. And you can see that we naturally, we lean towards what's easy, what's comfortable, what's pleasing to us. Um, and we try to avoid all those other things. And so these, that's one side of the tug of war is those, those desires that wants only what is good, or what we desire for ourselves. And then on the other hand, there's the kingdom of God. So the godly desires that would, um, as we, as many of us will know, where it says, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So if we wanted to talk about what are the kingdom values and what are the kingdom desires, those things are on the other side. So it's our desire for for pleasure, and there's lots of things that are um, pleasurable that are great, like the chocolate up the front. Mm-mm, that's that's definitely one of those things up there. You know, like um, don't hear me wrong in saying that. Oh, now you have to um, stop having family holidays and stop watching TV and stop eating your favourite foods. No, no, it's the tug of war that desires right in our heart to want only those things and to forget about the kingdom of God. So it would be a good question for us to ask is, how are we going with the tug of war? Do we feel like we're uh, winning? Do we feel like we're losing the tug of war? And to be honest, it's a daily battle. And in some areas of my life, I feel like, yes, man, I nailed that tug of war. I won. And then in other areas, I'm like, oh, there I go again. I said the thing I wasn't going to say. Or, you know, I did the thing I wasn't going to do. So it can be a daily tug of war, but also in different aspects of our life too. Thank you. Um, so what does it look like when we're losing the tug of war? James goes is really straight up. He says quarrels, conflicts, jealousy, coveting, lustfulness, murderousness, enviousness, fighting. Uh, and then he says, you don't have it because you don't ask for it. And how many times are there in life where we're upset and grumpy about stuff? Oh, why don't we have this, God? Why is this happening? And it's like, hold on, Grace. Hold on, everyone here. Have you actually taken the time to stop and to invite God into the situation? But wait, when you do ask, what are your motives? What are my motives? Because James pulls us up. He doesn't just say, you don't have because you don't ask. He says, when you do ask, your motives are selfish. He even goes as far as to say that our hearts are adulterous and that we are enemies with God. Um, if, we, you know, if we befriend the way of the world, then we are enemies with God. Uh, don't worry, there is hope. Okay, so he, it's, it was really straight up. When I was reading it, I was just like, man, this is brutal. Uh, but James does bring hope and we'll get to that soon. So let me just check I've covered the key things on here. Um, so when there was one thing that stood out to me when it talked about um, our that like the the word adulterous or adulterers, it really uh, spoke to me of our hearts. Like 
it's where are our hearts going? Where are our hearts being led to? And, and the love, like I think, now you mentioned it earlier, the love, the first love, uh, what, where are our hearts being led? And so we don't, we don't have to be um, led towards the way of the world. We can be in love with God. We can seek after God. Our hearts can be passionate for Him. And that's something I really want to also um, challenge each person that's in whatever stage you're in in your life. You might think, well, I'm just a young person. I don't know much about God. You can fall in love with God right now in this young age that you're in. And then we might have middle age and you're like, I've been there. I've known God for a long time now and I'm a bit dry. Actually, you can renew that love for God. And you know, people that are um, even further down the track, all you wise wise older people out there, your love for God can shine through so brightly. I just visited um, uh, kind of like an auntie, nana person in my life uh, yesterday who had had a stroke recently. And uh, when I went there, uh, it wasn't long before all of a sudden she was telling me all these amazing stories about the miracles that were happening in the um, hospital. I was just like blown away. I thought I was going to encourage her and say, oh, you poor dear, I hope you're feeling better, I'll pray for you, here's some flowers. And in turn, these, this amazing elderly um, lady who is still recovering from her stroke was telling me about how she prayed for people in the hospital. There was a lady who was really anxious in the hospital trying to escape. And so what did she do? She managed to get up and drag herself over to this other lady's bed and pray for her. And she slept the best that she, that she had that whole time that she was in the hospital. She didn't try to escape that night. Uh, so I just think to myself, whatever stage you're at in your life, whatever age you are, God can captivate your heart and it, you don't have to feel like you're constantly losing the tug of war. So some strategies for winning the tug of war. Uh, it says, um, God gives grace to us. He empowers us to stand up against the things that would steal our first love. It talks about humbling ourselves before God, taking the time to actually say, God, I'm sorry for where I'm at. I'm sorry for neglecting to come to you. Um, and, and then it says, it, there's this nice kind of package um, in verse 7 that says, submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil, which means standing firm against him, and he will flee from you. Come close to God. And in the Amplified, it says, with a contrite heart. So it's like coming to God with your heart open to him, and he will come close to you. Uh, and then it goes on to talk a little bit more about repentance. So we'll cover some of that soon in our action plan at the end. Um, but I just wanted to leave you guys, like to pass on to you guys that yes, James really goes at it and really hits us up. You know, it's like uh, when someone comes in and says, bang, 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 these things are out of line, but I will help you and I'm not going to leave you to do it on your own. You know, there's nothing worse than someone telling you you're not doing a good enough job and then just leaving you to it. But actually, James is like, don't worry, there's hope. God is here and he will lift you up. Fantastic. We were going to bring a rope and Grace and I were going to demonstrate um, a tug of war, but, you know, we didn't want anyone to get embarrassed. <laughs> Namely me. Um, so uh, what I'm going to do is kind of speak into verses 11 to 17. Um, and what I've done is broken them into three, you know, kind of the th running off the theme of the matter of the heart. 
um, is kind of three themes on our the, the on the position of our heart. Uh, and so the first one, the position, the position of our heart is reverence to God. So this is kind of speaking specifically into verses 11 and 12. You see, sin has no place in God. And the story of the Old Testament is, is God choosing a people group that we know as the Israelites to be his people uh, so that he could establish his laws and his commandments in order to prompt a holy life. Uh, and then enter Jesus, and then kind of the, the rest of the world um, becomes part and parcel with that. Um, so in terms of our reverence uh, for God, so the fear of God, or the fear of the Lord, is our reverence to his holiness. See, I've got a few scriptures up there, and I'll read them out, um, that kind of just speaks into this a little bit. But Exodus 33 verse 3, Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, God speaking to the Israelites, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. Okay. Matthew 23 verse 12, and whoever shall exalt himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Philippians 2, 10 to 11, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And Matthew 10, 28 saying, Jesus speaking, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who was able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So we've got a few scriptures in there that uh, kind of reference the holiness of God and that it's something that is not to be meddled with or to taken lightly. Um, but, and I was trying to think, I was thinking to myself, what's kind of like a, an illustration that I can use um, in our everyday life? And, um, and I, was, I was outside and then it was amazing. The clouds parted and I saw this bright light. And it wasn't Jesus, but it was the sun in the sky. So I thought, hey, what a great illustration, the sun. So our big ball of plasma burning hydrogen and helium. So I've got a few, got a few facts um, about the sun. So um, the sun is in our everyday life. You know, we, we take it for granted. We, we complain when the sun's not out and we complain when it's too hot. Okay, the sun is around 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, it's at some 150 million kilometers away from the earth. It is the most important source of life for the earth to flourish. The sun is so big that it can fit 1.3 million earths inside it. So this beautiful thing called the sun. If the sun were to explode, and I had some good fun kind of looking, <laughs> looking into this. If the sun were to explode, neutrinos, which is a radiation produced by the sun, would increase by a factor of 10 quadrillion, and moving at the speed of light would boil any living organism from the inside out in a matter of seconds. If I've unlocked a new fear, I do apologize. But uh, just no, I don't, you know, I don't think that's part of God's plan. All right, so, so don't, don't worry too much. However, it is amazing that this big, powerful thing could destroy Earth. And we're grateful that the sun is 150 million kilometers away. I mean, it's in the perfect position to give us just enough warmth in our everyday lives, but it's the source of power. Praise Jesus that when we position ourselves in Christ, he meets us, he makes us holy. He softens our hearts 
that we may repent and be forgiven. And there is a call to deep sorrow as we understand what the cross represents in order to then produce great joy for what the cross represents. Next positioning. The importance of our heart is dependence on God. This is speaking directly into 13, chapters 13 and 16. First Peter 1.24 says, All people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Psalms 39 verse 4, Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. James 4 verse 14, why do, you, why? you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a midst that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And I thought that we live our lives, and you know, Grace talking into this tug of war of the things that we're passionate about and the, the visions that we have and the things that we want to do. You know, God places those things in our hearts, but they are never above the Lord God Almighty himself. And so I think it's important, you know, talking at the start around, you know, this first love is to remind ourselves on a daily basis to come back to the person of Jesus Christ, that there should not ever be a day where we don't think about the Lord. There should not ever be a day where we, are, where we have this desire and this earning where we just want to get into the Word or put on some, put on some worship and just praise Him. And for some of us, we may feel like, hey, actually, I'm, I'm missing those things in my life today. Robert Blair says, How startling death's call must be for someone comfortable in their wealth. He who is counting on long years of pleasure here is quite unfurnished for the world to come. And Albert Barnes says, We are wholly dependent on God for life and as dependent on Him for success. He alone can keep us. Only He can make our plans prosperous. There is nothing on which the success of our plans depends over which we have absolute control. There is nothing, therefore, on which we can base the assurance of success but by God's favour. And God is desperate to be involved in our everyday lives. So much so that He gave His one and only Son to die on a cross that the, the gap that existed would be bridged and then we may came, come freely and wholly at any time and say yes and know that we have a seat in glory with him. And to know that it's not just the yes, but the yes produces a life that we can live, that we can have works with our faith so that it may come, be, so that it may come alive and that this life that we live on earth here will not be wasted. It is the eternal mindset that I think sometimes Christianity can forget about. It's the eternal conditioning of our heart. Are we impacting eternity? Because in Christ we can. Are we impacting generations? Because in Christ we can. And this is the last positioning, and maybe if we can get the band um, to make their way up. But verse 17, it's the overflow of the heart and the goodness of God. And so in our reverence, in our dependence, our hearts cannot help but overflow the goodness of who God is. And it is in the interest of all involved that we do not withhold good when it is due. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. 
Cotton Mather said, the ability to do good in any case imposes an obligation to do it. And so I, I, I kind of was thinking to myself, what, what does good look like? And I'm sure that all of us could stand up and, and kind of speak out some things. It is both the big and the small acts that we can do in our everyday and what sometimes might feel like mundane life. I wrote some examples down, either that I have witnessed or been a part of or heard about. But good is thanking the local policemen, firefighters and nurses for their services to our communities. It is reaching over to the army officer sitting in front of you in the plane and thanking him for his sacrifice for peace. It is picking up the piece of rubbish and putting it in the bin even though it's not your rubbish. It is seeing a group of kids at the skate bowl and buying them a box of pizza just because you can. It is buying the homeless guy lunch and dining with him. It is looking the, the cashier in the eyes when you get the groceries and when she hands you the receipt saying thank you for doing a great job. It is seeing that young kid at the dairy not quite having enough money to buy his items and reaching over and buying them for him. It is saying yes to the needs of our youth, to the empty positions of serving and volunteering, knowing that what we are doing here in God's church echoes into eternity that God can use our services to bless those around us. It is alleviating sorrow, instructing ignorance, raising up the lowest of people, comforting those who are mourning, delivering the wronged and the oppressed, supplying those in need, guiding those who ask for help, spreading the good news, and in doing so, representing the person of Jesus Christ. So the reverence of our heart equals the dependence of our heart in God equals the overflow of our heart of His goodness. And that is the matter of the heart. That is the tug of war that goes on inside of us. So um, soon Deji and the team are just going to play a song and we won't sing it unless you feel led to join in. Um, uh, but the words won't be up there. It'll just be a time for us to sit and reflect on the idea around the matter of the heart. What's going on in our hearts? And, and even more specifically, what is God saying to us as individuals? Because Niall and I have thought about this, prayed about this, prepared something, but at the end of the day, it's not about our words, but really about what God is doing individually in your hearts that actually matters and will carry weight and will make an impact on you moving forward. So let me just read out again um, those things that hope that James gives us. He gives us some real beautiful keys to be able to actually uh, move forward on the matters of the heart. So again, I'll just read a few of them out from the Amplified. <sighs> says in, from verse 6 on, but He gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud and haughty, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble who in turn, who, or who turn away from self-righteousness so submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him and he will flee from you. Come close to God with a contrite heart and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. 
be miserable and grieve and weep. That, that, that was, I didn't just put that on just for that, but that was, I was actually, the reason why I was tearing up is because I just got caught on that bit that says, come close to God and He will come close to you. <coughs> and <coughs> and I, I wonder if perhaps in here there are people that don't feel like they've experienced that or don't feel like they can do that. They're like, no, I've done too many things wrong or I keep trying again and again and I just can't. What's the point in me coming to God? But actually, it says it in God's Word. So who are we to say that's not true? That if we come to God, He will come close to us. So I won't keep reading anymore because um, we can just move on to um, the matter of the heart up here and Dej singing. So those key ideas, humble yourself. Um, We can humble ourselves. We can submit to God. We can resist the devil. We can come close to God and we can repent. And then it says at the end, as we do that, He will lift us up. We don't need to strive to lift ourselves up out of the challenges that we face, but actually He will lift us up. So as Dej sings, uh, allow yourself to um, hear from God. And if any, I left, we wanted to leave these up as little prompts to see which what do you feel like you would like to respond to? Um, and so there'll be, you can just sit and hear from God and respond in your own way there. But as well as that, we will open up um, this space here. So Niall, what's, you want to speak into that? Yeah, I think, look, it's, it's and we'll, maybe let's all just stand. Um, that'd be great. It's easy just to, and it's totally fine to kind of stay where you are. If you feel like your heart's pounding or you feel like, hey, this, this represents something for me or just you just want to kind of make a stand and a declaration, you can stay where you are and that's totally fine. But there is something powerful about actually coming up and doing that and declaring that. And so what we're going to do, we're not going to put the words up for the song. We're just going to listen. Um, but we want you to have a look at one of these things. Humble, your, humble ourselves, submit to God, resist the devil, come close to God, repent, and He will lift you up. You know, it's that, it's that daily prayer of Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And so what we want to do is we're going to kind of split the, the front in, in two portions. So my right, your left, if you if you wanting to come up and kind of declare one of these things for yourself, you don't want anyone to pray for you. It's just you and God, you're just up here uh, with God, um, then come to this side of the room. If, however, you do want prayer, um, for any of these things that we've talked about or anything that's going on in your heart that's causing this tug of war and you feel like you're losing, then come up here because God, ha- God has given us His Son Jesus so that we can be victorious and overcome anything that is in this world. And so we encourage you to come up to my left, your right. There's going to be Grace and I, Lyndon. We can probably get maybe Matt, maybe Sam Rife to come up and... and Um, someone will be here to pray for you. So it's not going to be this awkward thing of standing up here alone waiting for someone to pray for you. Someone will be ready for that. So this side of the room, come up and just declare this side of the room if you want prayer.
Spirit, we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you that even even in the midst of a um, of a portion of Scripture that has the ability to kind of really hit us where it where it hurts or where we know it, God, that, that um, your presence is here with with hope and with love that you love us so much never to leave us where we are but to over and over and over again call us forward call us closer to you call us into the life and the hope that you have for each and every one of us so would you continue to whisper to us the hope that you have for us would you continue to invite us to humble ourselves in your presence would you remind us over and over as we go through the week ahead uh, all of the opportunities that you have for us to to draw near to you knowing that you desire to draw near to us pray this in Jesus name amen Wonderful. So we're going to actually continue to um, continue to gather together, but but around food, around the table, um, continue to to encourage one another. Um, yeah, just just enjoy this morning, enjoy the ongoing um, opportunity, the pleasure that we have in gathering together. Enjoy the food. If you haven't, if you forgot that it was Soup Sunday, does not matter. There's so much food over there that that there's enough for everyone so grab a chair um, make your way over to the tables if you would like someone to pray with you please take that opportunity as well or or, um, and then I'm just going to pray for the food so father I thank you for each and every person who's in the room right now I pray that you would bless our our time together as you've already done Um, but would you bless us as we gather around the table would you bless the food all of the all of the love and all of the work that's gone into preparing it, God, would you would you bless it to us and would you